three, two, one. Hey everybody, welcome back to 321 Overtime. I'm one of your co-hosts, John A. Torres, along here with my buddy... Brian McCallum, John. And we're at Shea McCallum this week, and it smells nice. He has a Christmas candle lit, and it feels almost like the holidays are upon us, Brian. It's a candle. It's not chocolate cake. I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> well, you know what? I like it, and I I certainly don't need the calories. Brian, I was going to whine and talk about my fantasy football team, how bad they are right now. I've lost my second game in a row, uh, which is unheard of. For me, I was going to talk about the Redskins losing again. They haven't scored a touchdown in three games, which is really, uh, really bizarre, uh, awful. Arsenal, uh, they had a win over the weekend, which they blew, and they ended up with a tie. But thank goodness it is time for preps playoff season, preps football playoffs here in Florida, and especially in Brevard County, where we have so many teams. So you know what? I am not going to complain. I'm not going to whine. Well, before we dive in, can I have, you know, I don't know if you've had this in your church where you see, like on Wednesday night, you know, it's not the main service. You have either a prayer request or a praise. If you want to pray, I have two praises, John. Okay, yeah, what are they? Uh, one is that your fantasy football team lost. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're something rivals. wrong about that we're praise. Friendly yeah. Yeah, we we're friendly rivals. Yeah, we are. friendly rivals. And my second one is... That the Raven, that the uh, Patriots lost to the Ravens oh, on the oh. uh, Steelers forum. I, I read they were talking about should we be pulling for the Patriots? You know because the Ravens are in the same division with the Steelers, and you want to win the division. And I said, you know, this, this Steelers team is not going to win the Super Bowl. So, and I despise the Patriots. I know you so do. It's just like John back when the Cowboys were so good in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. You have to savor every opportunity. You get. I totally understand, and my friend. And a double praise because it, it was, what was it, 37-20? On top of that, the highlight of the game for me, because as much as I don't like Brady, Julian Edelman is by far my least favorite Patriots player. Why is that? He's just so good and so smug about it. Whenever he makes a play, he doesn't even have to say anything. He taunts with his eyes, John. And I know that sounds like... Just bizarre thinking. It probably is, but this is this is this is what sports is. It's how we release our stress. Yes. Our, so you know, if I met him, he might be a great guy, and we might be friends. But it's my choice as a non-patriots person to not like him. I but anyway, you know, the, yeah, the praise is that after he had gotten a first down, he fumbled, and the ball was returned for a touchdown. And I texted our friend Mike Parsons, who uh, is in our group chat, and yep. I said, if I were to sit for a thousand years and think. I'm not sure if I could come up with three things more satisfying than having Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman fumble and have the ball return for a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> that is a rarity. So that it was sure. a good Sunday. Yeah. yeah. And well, the Steelers you know won on a, on a fluke. Uh, and because of your positivity, Brian, you're inspiring me. You know what? I have a little praise, too. Okay. I have some praise for the Miami Dolphins, oh, who, oh. in beating that? the Jets in a totally meaningless game, have catapulted the Redskins now to the second <laughs> overall pick of the draft behind the Bengals. If the, if the season ended today, that win would have cost the Miami Dolphins two spots in the draft. So they pick, I think, fourth now. The Bengals are one, and the Redskins are at number and two. And if the season ended today, a lot of people would be really surprised. <laughs> but we're closer to it ending in high school football. Oh, my gosh, yeah, we have some exciting stuff. There are so many Brevard County teams in the playoffs I mean, this is a real hotbed. Yeah. I mean, for football. Um, I know that one of the big matchups this week, Brian, is Melbourne and Armwood. 
Right, out uh, of town. But still, Melbourne hasn't been in since 2013 or 14. That's a big deal. That's, you know, Vieira and Melbourne are our two biggest schools in terms of student population. And so that makes it a big deal. And uh, good for the Bulldogs. Yeah, and now I know that their offense is led by their junior superstar running back, Antonio Wright. Um, what has he done lately, and what can Armwood expect for, to you know, see from him on the field? Well, Armwood is a power. I mean, they're a state championship contender. Well, and with a name like that, you have to be, right? Armwood. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Armwood. Yeah, Armsteel might be the only better name. Armsteel? Yeah, I guess so. Arm Titanium. Yeah. But I don't think they're worried about Melbourne. Melbourne's the eighth seed. Melbourne's probably going to come home with the satisfaction of having made the playoffs. But it's a big deal for Melbourne to make it. And, you know... Uh, let's tie this into pro football. I've told you as a Steelers fan, I just want Super Bowls. But I will accept the fact that, let's say that Roethlisberger's done, I may want Mason Rudolph to have gone to the playoffs, even as a wild card, to lose in the first round, just to have a taste of it and be more prepared for it next time he comes back. So sure. that's yeah. the deal with Melbourne. As you said, Antonio Wright, I think he may be the shiftiest most explosive back in the county, certainly Keziah Holmes at Coco could be one of those guys, and there are some other guys too. But uh, he's never been to the playoffs. Uh-huh. Melbourne's never been to the playoffs. So they, they'll they get a little taste of it, if nothing else. Yeah, are uh, any colleges already stiffing around um, and, oh, and, Antonio sure. Wright? Or? I'm sure. He's not a big guy. He is, uh, you know, if people want to see him, they can go to 321preps.com. He was our uh, second or third winner of the Athlete of the Week this year. And you can go find a video uh, where we present the winning shirt to each of the winners. And he's right there in that video getting his shirt. So not a big guy, but he's big when he runs. You know, he, yeah. he, he yeah. looks bigger when you're running behind him and you just see the, the back of his shoes. So uh, really good. Vieira and uh, Vieira is at home. Melbourne's on the road, so they probably have both have tough tests. Now, and uh, so you just mentioned Vieira, and Vieira's playing Tampa Bay Tech, right? Uh, which is the number six seed, and Vieira's the number three seed. I'm sure that they're very, very close in talent. And uh... well, here's the deal: the seeding is done with district championship in mind. In other words, four of the teams in the region are district champions. Four are at large bids. By rule, all the district champions, even if they have the worst PowerPoint rating, get a home game. So those two are very, very, very close. They're right next to each other in the PowerPoints, and yet one is the third seed and one is the sixth seed. So that may be a toss-up game. Vieira's at home. Tampa Bay Tech is a team that's been ranked also. In fact, ranked higher than Vieira in terms of the AP poll of statewide voters. So if you go by what the Florida sports writers think of these teams, you'd have to pick Tampa Bay Tech because they've been getting votes all year. Vieira has not. I see, I see. Now, uh, if you head out to the game, which is Friday at what, like 7 o'clock? These are all at 7.30. The FHSA makes them play at 7.30 unless they get special permission not to. At Vieira High School, um, what player or two should Vieira fans or should newcomers rooting on Vieira be looking at, Brian? Well, Vieira has maybe our best quarterback, Bryce Norton, he's been hurt a lot of the year, but he seems to be healthier now. He's one of those multiple weapon quarterback. He's not just a thrower. He's a electric runner. A dual threat, yeah. Yeah, multiple threat. He's somebody that you definitely want to watch. So, Brian, before we move on to the other districts, redistricting took place. What did that do or the effect that that has on the football season? 
Well, for us, it's it's kind of shifted our vision from southward to westward. We have, uh, in the last few years, a lot of our teams have been playing in districts with teams, say, from the Treasure Coast, just to the south of us. Now they're playing in districts that kind of go east-west. So we're in, uh, we're playing with teams like Lake Gibson and Lakeland and those guys. And uh, so that means that the regions have kind of shifted around. And there are some teams in this region this year that were not in the region with Fiera and Melbourne last year. Bloomingdale is a team that we really don't know. Um, Braden River, Tampa Bay Tech was in a different region last year. So they're playing Vieira. That's a team that Vieira has never had to really scout for because they were never going to see each other in the playoffs. So, you know, you get used to, I guess it's like if you're coaching the Redskins, you know what the Cowboys and Giants tendencies are and the Eagles. And then you take a job coaching the Chargers, you've got to do a lot of studying. So that's different. It'll be different for the fans. It'll be different for traveling. If, if Veer has to go on the road next week and go play somebody, it might be somebody that fans are not used to uh, finding that school or what the you know, what those teams are like. So a lot of things are different. Teams are seeing teams they haven't seen for a while. I got you. Now, if you hear any little jingling on this podcast, it's Brian's dog, Snickers, <coughs> who seems a little agitated. Or I'm, I'm not going to say agitated. He's a little uneasy today. And I don't know if it's because it's it's raining out. There he was a little like thunder before. He doesn't yeah. like the thunder. Yeah. He doesn't like the lightning or the thunder. <coughs> Brian, let's jump to region 3-5A. Right. And we've got a few teams. Because we didn't have a 6A team this year. Heritage has made it for several years in a row, but didn't quite make it this year. So, yeah, let's drop to 5A. So we've got uh, Chamberlain is going to be coming to town to visit number one Rockledge. Right. Who uh, is probably the strongest team in the county right now. Yeah, that that defense is just really outstanding. Coco led them a decent amount of the barbecue bowl last week, but Rockledge ended up winning 24-17. And... uh, Man, our, uh, we had people there shooting video, and Craig Bailey was there shooting video and photos that you can go see at 321preps.com. But, man, both of them were just texting me about the hitting, the hitting, John. And I know we've got some clips in our videos that you can go see that are just really uh, – a, a friend of mine that is a Browns fan texted me and said it's like Steelers-Ravens, wow. the hitting in this game. And, you know, and speaking of Craig Bailey, he's a, a – Great photographer, has been for many years of Florida today. He is not the quickest guy afoot, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> he seems to always be in the right place at the right time to take these great sports photos. Well, John, it's funny you should mention that, and I don't think you knew this. Um, his video last week or the week before, he's got a clip of himself getting run over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you might want to go check Where out can we his, see that? his uh, 321preps.com. Look Alrighty. for Craig Bailey Photo Galleries. Sorry, Craig, but I do want to see that, and yeah. I probably will share it on my social media. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, okay, so we expect Rockledge to move on unless there's a major upset, right, Brian? Yeah, again, this is a team that's that's not been in the region in the past or they're not familiar with, but Rockledge is really, really good. Okay, and then the other uh, the other matchup is um, O'Galley, which ended up with a nine and one record. Which I mean, as you and I you know spoke about earlier in the season, you know Brian, they are a school, a team, a program that for many years was and also ran. They were John, not good. You want me to blow you away with some numbers? Yes, and these please do. will blow you away like they will a high school kid because for you these are numbers that years that were well into your adulthood. They had not won eight games since ninety four. Oh wow. They hadn't won nine games. You want to take a guess? 1976. I was 11 years old in 76. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so, you, 11 was long in the rearview mirror for you at that point. Okay, so O'Galley <laughs> was 9-1, and one, and so they had not won eight games since 1994? Right. So no players on this team were even oh my goodness. alive. No. Wow. Seven's been a big deal for them. 
Wow, nine and one. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so they're uh, on the road though this week, and they right. have a pretty tough matchup. And what we just talked about a minute ago. They have the second best power rating in the region, but Rockledge won the district, so Rockledge gets the home game. Even though O'Galley is rated higher than every other team in the region, they get two things out of that. One, they can't be any higher than the fifth seed, which is what they are. And two, if they beat the fourth seed on the road, Tampa Jesuit, their reward is getting to play Rockledge again. Oh, wow. At McClarty Stadium, Rockledge's home field. So in in a way, it's like the NFL, where if the wildcard team has a better record than a... Division winner, yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, we've seen it, John. You don't get the home game. Wow. Okay. Um, well, let's move on then. Um, you know, Coco has a bye this week, and Coco was was in the in the finals last year, right, for the state. Yeah, they've been it several years in a row. They won it three years ago, and they've lost the last two, both to Jacksonville Reigns. But again, here comes the redistricting. Jacksonville Reigns is not in four A anymore, so they won't be losing to Jacksonville Reigns this year. That's guaranteed. They uh, have a pretty nice setup. They've got the buy. The reason for these buys is that the bigger schools, class 5A, 6A, 7A, 8A, have a 32-team bracket. They play every week. There's 16 games this Friday, and then 8, 4, 2. Coco's region is smaller. There are fewer teams in that classification, so the top two seeds in each region, 8 in all through the bracket, get buys. And then the other game, Brian, which I'm happy to see was... uh... Justin Warden, who was a great interview for us early in the right, season. our first uh, full show. About changing a losing program into a winning program. He's made the playoffs. Right. Second year in a row. They were, they were better last year. They, they lost some key players, I guess, but their offense just wasn't great this year. But here they are in the playoffs. And last year they won their first playoff game and then had to play at Coco, which didn't fare well for them. And it looks like they have a similar situation. They're the fifth seed. They got to travel to Keystone Heights, which I had to look up. That's up kind of uh, toward Gainesville. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, But the winner of that game gets to play Coco next week, which would be November 15th. Wow. And then we have Region 2 to 3A. Uh, Holy Trinity has a bye. MCC, though, is playing uh, at... Frostproof, which is another one up that direction. Frostproof. Wow. Yeah. But here's... What a name. Here is the frostproof the, uh, what um, icicles? <laughs> what's the what's the team? That would be an oxymoron. Right? It, that really would be the uh, MCC. If you look there, three and six. That's this uh, the way the power system, power rating system works. They have played the kind of schedule to where they had enough power points, and it also takes into account your opponent's strength of schedule and your opponent's opponent's strength of schedule. So uh, MCC only won three games. But they played a tough enough schedule that it gave them the kind of points to go on and face the Bulldogs of Frostproof. And again, I mentioned this last time we spoke about this, but I really don't understand that because you you can schedule really hard teams, and you if you lose all those games, you shouldn't be rewarded. Well, the most their their goal was that previously you had some let's say three team districts where the the old rule was the champion and the district runner up made the playoffs. So a lot of times your district runner-up would be two and eight because there's only three teams in the district. Uh, so yeah. that's part of what they wanted to avoid. I just think they need to tweak the formula a little bit more, Yeah, emphasize yeah. winning more. That's what it is right now, and everybody knew what the formula was, so coaches have gone out and scheduled. Wow, gotcha. Okay, so where will you be on Friday night, Brian? Well, we've only got two games in town, 
we uh, look like we'll have, we think we'll have four the next week, although that Vieira game may be closer to a toss-up than, than people think. Yeah. So if Vieira and Rockledge win, we'll have four games at town, in town next week. Craig Bailey and I will be covering the two local games. And uh, so afterward, we'll have all the video, photo galleries, and uh, roundup of all the results at 3to1preps.com. And, of course, during the games, we have the live scoreboard that people can go check to see uh, what's going on, how everybody's doing. What about on Twitter, Brian? Are, are yeah, you we're, updating? we're on Twitter. Uh, at 3to1preps is our main Twitter account. Craig Bailey has a Twitter handle. It's at CBphoto1, the numeral okay. one. He tweets out a lot of videos and photos during the game, and I'll tweet out some videos and updates and reference people to our scoreboard. But that's where we kind of... That 3 to one preps.com scoreboard is instant. People, We have people at every game giving us updates, and we update those scores instantly. Wow. And so what, do they call back into the office, or do they... They you text know, us, John. Oh, it's, it's, it's an industry secret. Don't be sharing our secrets. Okay, sorry. Yeah, okay. Ignore hearing that, folks. Yeah, and they send me video, and I, I shoot video, and Craig shoots video, and we've got people around the county shooting video, so gotcha. we get a lot of video. We had uh, video from about... Man, it may have been six, six or seven games this past Friday night. We had good video on all four of the big rivalry games that we talked about last week. And uh, this week it's all playoff teams, and we start whittling them down. And the goal is to be playing after Thanksgiving. Everybody, every coach says we want to be practicing Thanksgiving week. Right. And uh, they, But they want to be playing even a couple of games past that because the state championships are in early December. Now, you mentioned Thanksgiving, and so I just automatically, I just turned right to food in my head. <laughs> Right. And earlier you mentioned the barbecue bowl, uh, right. the, uh, which is the rivalry between Rock Legend and Los Coco. Yeah. Uh, what did you eat at that game, Brian? I wasn't at that one. Oh, you weren't at that one. And, and, and oh, Craig was at that game. Craig right? was at that game, but he, uh, the first thing he said when he walked back into where we were all putting our work together was that he didn't get any barbecue, and he was bummed out about that. So he failed. He was, wow. he was there within arm's reach of it. Now, a lot of people think it's sacrilegious, but I'm a Carolina barbecue kind of guy. I like that mustardy-based sauce and that vinegary flavor in my barbecue. What about you, Brian? Well, when you hear, you know, the the main food people talk about barbecue, they're going to talk about Texas barbecue or Kansas City barbecue, sometimes Memphis, always Carolina. John, really the only answer you need when you're talking about food is Louisiana. Our little barbecue in North Louisiana is better than anywhere. And really? if it's a secret, that's fine with me. I'm just, I'm a thousand miles away now, so I do kind of miss that. Wow. <laughs> we emphasize, uh, you know, I lived in Texas too. They're big on the meat's got to be unbelievably tender. It's got to melt in your mouth. And that's fine. We do that too. But we like to emphasize the whole picture, the beans and the sauce and the mm. everything that goes with it. And the cornbread. The cornbread, yeah, everything. Now, I've had cornbread with peppers in it. Oh, yeah. I you love You get that. cornbread with all different kind of stuff oh, in man. it. I think we need to end this podcast, Brian, because we need to go get some lunch, all right? It's uh, just about lunchtime. Hit us up on 321preps.com, Preps. on Twitter at 321preps. Please follow the podcast, listen to it, share it, and we will be back next week with some of the results of these games and previews of the next week's high school I'm preps excited, John, because of that and because of the fact that you've just now indebted yourself in front of all of our listeners to buy lunch. Oh, wait. Did I say that? <laughs> See you next time.